yes, thank you for coming and being a guest on the Fear Fight. So who is Shanice? Let the world know. <laughs> so who am I? Yeah. Um, I am a hopeless romantic. Mm. Um, a fighter. Mm. I am a lover of all things black and including the color. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also, as of late, a Marvel fan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so how did you get into the Marvel like fandom? So I got into it just um, kind of out, just like a, a selfless type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my small group was going to go see a movie, mm-hmm. and it was between another movie and Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. And they chose Captain America Civil War. I was like, you know, you know I don't really want to see either one of these, <laughs> but I'm going to, you know, take one for the team. Yeah. And, you know, who else did I see but my king? <laughs> T'Challa, and then of course I saw Black Panther, and then of course I saw Black Panther 0.5, which was uh, Infinity War, and after seeing Infinity War, just realizing like I didn't know, even though I like looked at the summaries Mm -hmm. on like YouTube and some of the wiki pages for Mm -hmm. the spoilers of the other, of the other, um, of the other movies. I didn't know. I was a little, still very confused. Like this, these Infinity Stones. What are, what are they? That's this, funny. Uh, talking raccoon. Yes. Who is this? What is this? What's what's going on? Yeah. Thor. Okay, I remember Thor. Yeah. But so um, after the movie was over, and even well, I can back up. Before, after the movie was over, I I swore I was never gonna see another um, Marvel movie again mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like my king is ashes. <laughs> like just. Just blown, blown in the wind. Um, he's dust yeah. right now, and I was just like, "That is like T'Challa can't catch a break." Yes. Um, like you know, his first two weeks right. of uh, um, in the kingdom, right. he's beat up, Gone. almost killed, right, uh, a couple times, <laughs> and and now he's he's he's, he's dust. <laughs> so, but then I went over to my cousin's house. And or I went over to my godparents' house. My cousin was there, and mm-hmm. he had on my cousin had on um, Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Oh, what, what's this? I've never never seen this one before." <laughs> and then you know, I really I really like Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and it made more sense. I was like, "Oh, okay, so that's what they meant yeah. in um, Infinity War." Yeah. And then he, my cousin, was saying that you know, Garden of the Galaxy Two mm-hmm. was also was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Bet, yes. take my mama's uh, Netflix password." <laughs> And I'm gonna watch this thing for free. Absolutely. And then I fell in love with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with Groot. Mm, yes, he's That's my, my baby. Yes. <laughs> I love little Groot. <laughs> um, and and then from there, um, one of my friends he told me to. He told me to watch Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And I was like, do I really need to watch Thor? Like, you know, I don't. Yeah, really I wasn't want really to. drawn to Thor either. So. But but again, you know, it was free. I yeah. found it free. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was just trying to, you know, decompress from yeah. just a, st- a stressful week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'll watch it. Yeah. And I fell in love with it. And I was just, you know, just putting two and two together. And I was just like, all right, like, I, I you know, 
just waiting for my um my acceptance letter to <laughs> MC Marvel <laughs> Comics Universe. That's funny. Um, and in my um, my my Letterman's jacket. Yes. So. Well, welcome. We welcome you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, my dad got me onto Marvel when I was younger with X Men. So ah, ever okay. since then, I was like, okay, well, this is. This is my this is my <laughs> my jam. Put, this is where you put yes. your flag, not DC, not DC. Yes, no, no. You know, and there, you know, people debate about that. I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten into DC at all. Just okay, fair. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so now that we know who you are, like, what are the things that kind of bring you to life? What things are you passionate about, and that like fuel your fire? So, art. In in all types, music, theater, um, portraits, photos, what have you, dance, mm. that definitely brings me to life. Mm. And then also um, just justice work mm. and, and people who I've encountered in doing my work bring me like tremendous mm. just joy because in the, in the world, like when there's so much going on and you know like people are you know living through capitalism and dealing with the realities of that like Mm -hmm. essentially like being that hamster wheel where you're like you're working essentially till you're dying yeah um but when folks still have the the power to fight through that yeah that gives me the most joy yeah so like what got you into like justice like what was what was the moment for you that was like, okay, this is what, you know, is it for me? So I think like being obsessed with mm-hmm. <laughs> like finding out who I am yeah. and, and in that, like being obsessed with Thurgood Marshall mm-hmm. and uh, with the entire civil rights movement mm-hmm. and what people did and the, just the hope that people created even though circumstances were bleak yeah. and like systems and situations were unfair. Yeah. Um, so that got me, that got me into it. And then um, just like, like I was obsessed with their good Marshall. Mm-hmm. So I wanted, I wanted to be a lawyer. So just understanding, like understanding just the trauma and, and all the structural things that were, just a barrier to to black folks Mm -hmm. and then you know like I got into you know government and politics Mm -hmm. when you know when I was undergrad at uh, University of Maryland Baltimore County Mm -hmm. and just paying attention to to what happened but what most like radicalized me in Mm -hmm. a way was the um like the the killing of unarmed black people in Mm -hmm. in America and just though it had already been happening yeah just now with Twitter and yeah. just social media and us being able to create our own our own news networks, mm. you yeah. know, yeah. In, in a way, just being like really like just angry about yeah. it. And then in grad school, like me and my see me and some of my friends, um, just after like the non indictment of mm. um, that happened after um, you know Michael Brown, yeah, um, the killing of Michael Brown just being devastated and so what we did in in i guess in i'll say in retaliation i guess mm-hmm. um to that is we planned a town hall called policy matters mm-hmm. to address um police accountability and police un, um, like police violence yeah in in our um in our grad school mm-hmm. and even you know 
even our dean came and then like two days later um we participate some some uh two two of my friends that also planned that with me we um headed over to to ferguson missouri for this um alternative spring break Mm -hmm. uh where we were learning about like what sort of structural issues made ferguson happen Mm -hmm. the ferguson uprising happen right and also doing like community service in in the neighborhood and just like seeing just essentially just seeing for firsthand for ourselves and giving back as well so that's a long answer to that no no it's okay it's fine um i too was obsessed with like the the civil rights era growing up and like learning about it and things like that but like you said it wasn't until um like those things happened i think even for me like feeling that feeling of like hopelessness and you know like what like mm-hmm. this stuff is really still happening you know i think like in theory like we kind of always knew that it was kind of happening but you didn't know that it was happening and um i think for me you know growing up in like in pg county so pg county for those who don't know is mostly you know people of color <laughs> um, <laughs> so growing up in pg county you know with my classmates who look just like me from all, you know, types of black or all types of color, um, you know, you don't really see those injustices happening because, well, for me anyway, and for uh, some other people it might be different. But for me, I didn't see those things happening because, you know, everyone around me looks like me. So it was kind of like, kind of like a safe bubble. And it wasn't until I left PG County to go to a PWI that I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> oh this is real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, this is how it really is. This is, you know, these are the microaggressions and things like that that I wasn't getting in PG County, you know? Absolutely. And it's it's very, I think it's very easy to, like, gaslight yourself mm. um, when, particularly, like, when it's not overt. Yeah. When you experience these microaggressions. Yeah. Um, and I think it wasn't until I got to grad school until I re- like I had the language to put behind the microaggressions mm. that I was facing. Yeah. And so just for context, like I, I came from UMBC, which is like the number one most diverse place mm. um, or um, college campus. And I went to University of Maryland College Park <laughs> for grad school, which is like yeah. the whiteness. Right. <laughs> and just just understand like even from like teachers and um classmates Mm. the level of just like anti-blackness that existed and you know like you're already trying to like struggle through you know getting this degree yeah and doing well and at the time like I was working as well you know gotta eat yeah (laughs) so struggling through and then you're like faced with like discrimination mm-hmm. and just like just sometimes even just overt racism. I mean, yeah. we know University of Maryland College Park has its problems yeah. with <laughs> with, uh, with racism. Ooh, so yeah, unfortunately, and it's, I think that's interesting too because you wouldn't think like okay, College Park is in PG County, you know, yeah. but when you step on that campus, it can feel like a whole other like world. Yes, and I even go there like but just, <laughs> but just visiting. Um, and I think alike like um. I went to Towson University, and while it is, like, on the outskirts of Baltimore, it feels so far removed. Like, mm-hmm. even though, you know, people are there to get an education and so uneducated about the area that is around the school and the people yeah. that are act- that they would actually be leaving to serve, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so at what point did you really realize, like, 
you know, you were talking about like your obsession with like blackness. Like what point did you realize like, you know, black is it, black is the thing? <laughs> um, well, I realized, and it's been like a, just a very like difficult, well not difficult, but it's been a, mm-hmm. a very long journey to like loving blackness. And so when I started loving myself and in, in all all the parts of myself yeah. even though like I'm you know still in process <laughs> in accepting the type like the variation um I am or my like my my type of blackness yeah. right yeah um in that it's not like it doesn't have to be anybody else's mm. like like black that's just my ethnicity right? right right and so in in embracing that about me um and then also like forgiving the people who mm-hmm. ostracized me like in middle school and high school um because like my version of me just mm-hmm. as a black person wasn't what their wasn't what their um, their standard of blackness was yeah, yeah. so forgiving forgiving that um it just like I, I needed to do that for myself and yeah. even though and, and I even know that like when I went to um, UMBC like I specifically didn't go I got into um, some HBCUs but I specifically didn't go because I was like okay like are they really going to be accepting to yeah. me or is this just going to be like all grade school yeah where yeah. you know like i'm like the outlier um and how how i'm being viewed as like oh you know she's not even like she's not even really black or <laughs> yeah or um or what have you yeah and like i i found essentially found my blackness at a, yeah. a at a pwi <laughs> um imagine that exactly imagine that <laughs> Because you know you gotta you gotta bond together yeah. when when you're not when you're not in the, <laughs> ma- in, the in the when you're not yeah. in the majority yeah. and so um, I always joke and say that UMBC must have some sort of algorithm <laughs> that just just like tries to figure out are you, are you weird are you a nerd yes then please yes yes <laughs> we want we want her yeah yeah <laughs> um, and so like just even. Um, having a freedom of being myself and finding my type of weird there yeah. um, and, ex- and accepting myself though like again still in that process mm-hmm. of accepting all parts of myself but that's when I like truly fell in love with mm-hmm. blackness and even like just to be in in, in the movement and to mm-hmm. really like proclaim that black lives matter mm-hmm. all black lives all have lives. to matter yeah. so, from all walks absolutely oh, yeah I and I think, yeah, for me, you know, coming up in PG County, as mentioned before, like, it's all black. Well, mostly black, not mm-hmm. all black. Um, but more specifically, in the city that I lived in, in Upper Marlboro and in Largo, I went to Largo High School. And so Largo... Very black. Yes. <laughs> very, <laughs> very black. Very black. And in our graduating class, like I said before, they had um, three, like, white people in our class, you know? But again, like, they were so like us. Where it's like, you're one of us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was no, you know, there was mm-hmm. no clear... Um, distinction from then to us except for our skin color you know our experiences were kind of similar kind of anyway so so when I was growing up my mother because of where she was from um, well she's from you know a suburb of Philadelphia 
And so growing up in the household, we weren't allowed to, like, say ain't. We weren't allowed to use, like, A-A-V-E. We weren't allowed to, you know, we had to use complete sentences, like, things like that because she wanted us to go out into the world and, you know, be successful, using air quotes, mm-hmm. successful. And Respectable. Yes, yes. I, I mean, but that's, that's kind of, I mean, because same. Yeah. Well, yeah. My mom also wanted us to, just like her generation, mm-hmm. um, assimilate. Yeah. And yeah. just out of, out of mere survival. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and it's interesting now, it's almost like we're, we're not there yet, clearly. But I think we are more privileged, I think, than the previous generation. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to even having these discussions, you know, because, you know, like we're talking about survival, like survival, mm-hmm. you know, versus being, uh, being off put or being uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Those are two totally different things, you know? And so in that experience, I had to learn, you know, even from my peers that because the, because of the way I was speaking, they would tell me, oh yeah, you speak white. You speak mm-hmm. white. You speak very proper. Or, and I didn't really understand. I didn't really understand what that meant. Like I was like, I'm black though, you know, (laughs) like I don't get it. And even like hearing my other peers speak and, um, I recognized that, you know, code switching before it was called code switching. So when my mom would go home and hang with her friends and her family, she'd be one way speaking very, you know, comfortably just being like real laid back, then come home and answer the phone. And she's speaking very proper (laughs) and white voice. Yes. Yes. Sorry to bother you. Yes. Or when I would call her at work, you know, like her whole, how she speaks to me at home would be totally different than like how she would answer the phone. And I'm like, okay. And I could tell <laughs> from the way that she spoke to me, if there was someone in the room who was a professional, you know, or like maybe her, you know, boss or something like that, or her coworker. Cause she was a, she was a um, supervisor, but you know, to be respected, you know, at a hospital where, you know, most of the people who are higher up are white, you know, you have to put on. And I think for me, it took me a little time to really combine to like to say, you know, just because I speak this way and someone else speaks a different way, it doesn't there's no difference in education. You know, there might you know, there I mean, formal education, you know, honestly, okay, sure, you know, maybe. But like just because someone is using AAVE versus like not doesn't it if I'm not using it doesn't make me more smarter it makes me doesn't make me smarter clearly more smarter (laughs) doesn't make me smarter than someone using AAVE and vice versa you know what I'm saying and um I had to really like come to that conclusion on my own not that my mother said oh if you use that you're not smart but because back then it's like they're gonna look at you like you're not smart yeah you see what I'm saying so like how did you like how are you using like this like love of blackness like in your workspace? Like how are you able to like balance that blackness in? Yeah, so it's it's definitely a lot easier because mm-hmm. um, like I do community organizing work in Prince George's, mm-hmm. so it's definitely easier to be more overtly black I would say um or just like just be like be yourself like your 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 blackest self or whatever yeah um in those spaces yeah because like you're not you don't necessarily need to be shiny suited and booted in in community organizing spaces like I definitely 
uh, went to work today with the head wrap on. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, been in, in staff meetings where I've, where I've had head, head wraps on. I, I met with, um, a, like the, the top public defender with the <laughs> head wrap on, um, simply like simply because like I'm, I'm a community organizer, like yeah, yeah. one, you're, you don't get rich as a community organizer. Yeah. So at least give me the freedom to, to be who yes. I want to be um, in these spaces. Come on, so y'all don't pay me enough. Exactly. Y'all, y'all don't pay me enough to uh, be shiny, suited, and booty. Um, well, any community organizer, yeah. really, to yeah. be honest. But when, for instance, like I used to um, do nonprofit lobbying and mm-hmm. um, I came from a background of policy advocacy. Mm-hmm the need to you know have your hair very quafted mm-hmm. and not necessarily like wear your fro out or it's just like a um a need to be like more respectable mm-hmm. and that's even enforced by like the black people within those policy spaces at times interesting and so it's that it's that tension there yeah. that i don't know like if you know for instance if i go back to policy advocacy I don't, I don't know if like, will I succumb to the pressure or will I just, you know, just continue to be my blackest self with all my, um, like black (laughs) self-righteous shirts, you know, (laughs) just, um, up in the staff meeting with my blazer on, right? (laughs) So for those who don't know, like what is community organizing? Like what goes into that? So community organizing is, um, just connecting communities for a specific outcome. So Mm -hmm. I work in criminal justice and um, also juvenile justice and connecting people around those issues where we're developing leaders Mm -hmm. to, you know, take stake in their own communities Mm -hmm. and um, just just lead initiatives on their own. So um, right now, like we have a leader um, developing like a know your rights curriculum, Mm -hmm. Um, just like just just on her own, on her own volition, just like because that's that's her stake. Like her mm-hmm. stake is education and the criminal justice system. And now that we have this um, this bill that mandates like student resource officers in 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 Prince George's well in Maryland schools, like Prince George's County has had like in the last year has had like the highest amount of arrests in mm-hmm. in public schools. Most of them, ninety percent of them, coming from like student well, not ninety. Um, the majority of them come from Suitland High School. Really? Mm-hmm. Arrests? Arrests. And so if now you're going to have student resources, wow. resource officers in every um, in every school, okay. like, you need to know how to stand your ground. You need to know how – sorry, excuse excuse the, excuse the phrasing of that. <laughs> you need to know how to um, advocate for yourself yes, as yes. a student. Yeah. And you need to know how to, um, you know – just like assert yourself in a way that de-escalates the situation um, because a lot of like student resource officers are functioning as administrators and um, in in the role of counselors Mm. essentially that need to be pulling the people out of um, out of classes Mm -hmm. to address behavioral issues reintegrate them back into the classroom Uh um catch them up and stuff like that but instead they're like you know yanking them out like we saw with that young girl um who was um you know the student resource officer like toppled her over um in in her classroom because she had her cell phone out wow Mm -hmm. so wow that's crazy so it's almost like they're they're given the title of resource like you're supposed to be a resource for the people Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be serving but in reality, you're just kind of, you know, not. No, no, because wow. like 
kids at this age, I mean, like, you know, high yeah. school, middle school, yeah. like, you're, like, very angsty. Sure. And, <laughs> and, like, I mean, but you're essentially, like, navigating this um, this middle ground yeah. where, you know, you have, like, these responsibilities mm. that you, um, that, that are coming up and yeah. navigating, like, the changes in your body and also, like, wanting to be desired by, yeah, yeah. you know, like, um, the opposite, well, I wouldn't say the opposite sex, but, but be desired by other people that mm-hmm. you are, you know, um, attracted to. Mm-hmm. And in that, like, it's just a lot of stuff, like emotions, yeah. you know. It was crazy. <laughs> Some it tri- was crazy. Tri- tri- days, right? <laughs> um, and so, like, kids need counselors, yeah. not police officers. Yes, yes, yes. So. And it's almost, it's almost like if they already have that mentality while they're in school, like, when they leave, like, it's not going to be any different. You know what I'm saying? Like, it almost, that process of, like, you know, being, um, dare I say, targeted, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, begins in the in the school. So, like, what what would be the solution for that? Like, are the resource, are the resource counselors, like, are they necessary? You know what I'm saying? If they, if the schools already have administrators, if they already have, like, I mean, back when I was in high school, they had those things. I don't know how many things have changed, but. So you mean like the student resource officers? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think police should be in schools in, in, in that manner. Um, obviously like if there is, you know, like what we see in like Columbine Mm -hmm. and things of that nature, there. I feel like that's the only appropriate yeah. role for a um, an officer in 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 the schools. Yeah. But I guess my thing is that we we don't like in Prince George's County specifically, and even um, Baltimore City. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a ton of resources going into um, counselors and wraparound services. Right. But now you're gonna put poli- you gonna put police in all yeah. all the schools Yikes. when you haven't even fixed like the 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 very structural reasons mm-hmm. of why like kids are like acting out yeah. in schools like some kids like in Prince George's County, Baltimore City, mm-hmm. Charles County like the like the predominantly black areas like they're facing like real things yeah. outside of outside of the home, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them. Mm-hmm. And don't necessarily know how to process it. Like I don't I don't think I really knew how to um, advocate for myself or start advocating for myself and voicing my um voicing my feelings until maybe like college, oh, right? Real. Or like real, late yeah. high school. And so like these like kids are going through so much in and out of school mm-hmm. and they they really they really just need like restorative practices yeah. where they're shown how to like voice their, you know, voice their voice their feelings yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, and how to be in relation with others, um, conflict resolution type yeah. stuff, and then you know still be caught up to yeah. what to what the work is because right now we're we're living in like over over testing. So mm, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I think you know it, I think it just shows kind of where the heart of schooling is. Honestly, you know, sadly, if 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 we're so much if we're so focused on you know. Um, we're not even necessarily focused on the person, you know, it Mm -hmm. went from focusing on the person to group to like a group of people. And if you're not assimilating to that group, you're somehow failing or you're a problem or you need to be pulled out and things like that. Like, so it's almost like what would be in your mind? What do you think would be like a better solution? 
So I really like the community schools model mm. because that it um it 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 focuses on the many issues that kids are doing, like kids are experiencing. So, like for instance, like in Baltimore City, they were saying that you know some kids they would come and they they weren't following the dress code. Okay. Why? Because you know, like they didn't have anybody to to help them, or their uniforms are messy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, why? Because they needed washing machines. Yeah. They needed somebody to help them wash, mm. um, wash their uniforms, or they needed somebody to buy their uniforms. Yeah. Um, they're not cheap. <laughs> ex- not at all. And so, there's a need for like wraparound services. There's a need for like counselors in mm. schools yeah. to help kids like navigate through this or. Um, some sort of resource, not a resource officer. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, no, please. Right. Um, but some sort of some some resources that invest into making like like having like whole and complete students mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they're able to um attack uh, like um tackle those emotional things that they're that they're going um through yeah. with also navigating the um the curriculum. Yeah. 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 I, I'm even thinking about how you're talking about the like the pipeline to prison. Like, it's very interesting if those things aren't dealt with, you know, in adolescence. Like, how do you just expect people just to go out here and be, you know, highly functioning? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can. people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? You like, can. How does that work? You know, that's why like you get in relationship with some people and. Yeah. They're kind of a mess. Yeah. Or they can't, you know, yeah. they can't exactly explain to you what they're feeling mm. or what, like, what's going on with them. Yeah. 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 We all seen that, you know. But um, how did you, how did you even get into um, community organizing? Like, how did you hear about it? How did you? So I had no clue what a community organizer was or what a community <laughs> organizer does. Mm-hmm. Um. I just thought that, like, oh, you know, these people in the communities, like, they, they plan these, um, you know, parades. Mm-hmm. Well, not parades, but, like, <laughs> protests and things okay. of that nature. People show up, and then they leave. And, you know, it, it was just because somebody put that on social media mm-hmm. that there was going to be um, a protest here, and that's why people showed up. Okay. But it's, like, actual, like, meticulous, like, relationship building mm-hmm. and um, being in relation with other groups yeah. and connecting those things and just – fighting to like one common goal, yeah. follow up, phone banking, yeah. door knocking, yeah. um, that that gets those people out, like social media yeah. strategies, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and I got into it just like out of happenstance. Like I was um looking for a career um a career change still within like criminal justice, education, juvenile justice. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of like kind of fell in my lap. There was an opening that um, one of our coalition partners had. And I was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. I've never done it. I'll yeah. try it out. They gave me the, um, the uh, I went to a training, a week-long training. And um, from there, like I've just, I've just been community, like organizing in Prince George's County because mm-hmm. there, there are some organizers in, in Prince George's County, but like, in comparison to like Baltimore City or mm, DC, okay. which is like very, very highly, heavily organized, okay. we're we're getting there. Okay. Like we're in our yeah. I was I wouldn't say we're in our our beginning stages. Yeah, yeah. Because um, some people have been organizing for a while, but it's just like when when you say like 
in Prince George's County, everybody looks like you, yeah. and you're kind of like, um, you have that false sense of security that everything right. is that everything is good. Yeah. Um, you can be kind of complacent mm. and like, oh, you know, do we really need to organize? True. Everything is fine. True. Um, but the thing is, like, in 2004, mm. um, the Department of Justice was investigating the Prince George's County Police Department. That's crazy. And they were, um, they're back in 2017. Um, the first in 2004 was about excessive use of force. And in 2017, it was about in, um, internal racism um, from, like, other officers to other, on, like, on other officers from other um, officers. And it was, like, the Latino and the um, black um, factions of the police department stood up and, and took a stand against it. Wow. That's still so crazy to me. That yeah. is crazy. Like, again, I think maybe it's probably just my ignorance. Like, the people I knew in high school are now cops and they're, and they're black now. And, mm. you know, <laughs> but oh again, that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. Like that whole like brotherhood, that mm-hmm. whole, you know, um, fraternal kind of bond that they have despite being, you know, wrong, like blatantly wrong in some instances, like mm-hmm. just because you're brown, you know, or a person of color, you know, honestly, at some point it doesn't matter because like when it comes to that, you know, job anyway, because, you know, it's like, oh, this aside, this is what we are, despite your upbringing or your, your, um, where your heart is, this is where your heart is now. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough space to kind of enter, you know, or to defeat, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. So switching gears for a little, you know, how, um, I forgot my question. How did I forget my question? No, I didn't. Okay, switching gears. <laughs> so you said that you're a lover of art. So, like, what kind of art and artists are you following? Or so type of art. Like, I love music. Mm-hmm. Music is definitely my favorite, and my favorite genre is actually jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds like, I feel like that sounds like super black. <laughs> really black yeah. very black mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i just i just fell in love with miles davis yeah. um sans his history yeah. of domestic violence and i learned yeah. about afterwards after right. i fell in love <laughs> um but then also like coltrane mm-hmm. um dizzy gillespie mm-hmm. and like other you know like other greats and it's it's not really surprising to me that like the type of rap that I like mm-hmm. is also like jazz and um, like funk mm-hmm. influence. Mm-hmm. And it's just like all you know, all kind of comes out of the out of the same kind of vein. Um, like I, I love a great jazz instrumental. Yeah. Like my mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite rappers is Saba. Yeah. Um, he's coming out of Chicago, and a lot of like his last um, his last project, Care for Me, mm-hmm. had a lot of jazz influence, and then nice. even like Anderson Pack. Um, who has jazz and funk, and it just, it just, it just sounds like this all sounds good. <laughs> it just sounds good to me. Yes. And then I also love theater. Mm-hmm. So back in UMBC, I actually, um, one of my ma- one, one of my minors was theater, mm-hmm. and just really loving how, like, though some theater can be like light and whimsical, but also just being in awe of people who like know their lane is um being a creative or being like doing theater and but bridging that with 
with like politics because mm. like you know art can be political yeah. and you can make a statement with with, with your art um and for instance like i um, saw a couple months way like maybe like three months or so ago <laughs> Uh, um, I saw this um, free performance by Truth Worker. Um, it's a hip hop theater collective um, out of New York City, and oh, New York. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yes. <laughs> place um, out of New York City, and they they did this whole like wonderful performance on the school to prison pipeline, mm. just uh, like the overcriminalization and how that impacts. Um, how that impacts families mm-hmm. and, and just generations and to me like that was it was wonderful it was heavy but yeah. but very good and very well done yeah and everybody's like under like 21 really yeah wow mm-hmm. okay first of all yes <laughs> to them being under 21 but also I love I love the fact that it's that it's um rap music you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, rap music. I feel like I sound so like so old. That, that, that rap, off. right? <laughs> <laughs> but like the fact that it's rap music, not everyone is gonna, not everyone takes in information the same way. And I think um, like so, some people don't do well with lectures or like with reading, you right. know, um, long form, you know, information. Mm-hmm. I think I think them rapping it. I think that's genius because you know, you know, while this might be a you know kind of just assuming, like, you know, the people the people that it needs to educate are probably the ones that, you know, take in this form of art. Like, you know what I'm saying? That ascribes to kind of like a more urban art scene, whatever that might be, whether it be rap mm-hmm. or, you know. And then you also know whatever. white people white people love hip-hop. This is that's <laughs> true. <laughs> so they're, they're the, like the biggest partakers, one of the biggest um, partakers in hip-hop. So, wow. um conveying those messages and those emotion of how how the like the prison system mm. you know impacts yeah. us yeah. In, in a way that also you know like because white people also like the biggest um partakers of theater yes so, <laughs> go to uh, kennedy center now oh boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes all down there but absolutely um so how do you use art to kind of heal and kind of steal away when you need to from um because you mentioned before art is like an escape you Mm -hmm. know so yeah how do you escape using art so like i love museums Mm -hmm. um and like even like going to the african-american history museum wait the (laughs) african-american museum of history and culture i always just say african-american museum i know i was wrong the blacksonian (laughs) all right so going to the blacksonian um and sans like the the uh first three uh the bottom three levels um yeah those are those are the intense ones super intense yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) um going to the top is where it's like just like music and artistry and there's even like in like the back like a <laughs> random corner yeah. of um of the blacksonian there's um there's like this art gallery mm. and just like taking taking those moments to just like take that in mm. and really and use that as an escape and i think like because art brings me joy um it's it's a healing space for me. Yeah. Um, and even though like some, some art can be, you know, 
heavy or very thought provoking, um, I, I still see it as a way to heal and like bring bring hope to, yeah. my, to myself as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like hearing good music, obviously, yeah. is is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then even you know just vegging out and watching some TV yeah. or watching a good movie. Yeah. Like I yeah. am a movie connoisseur. <laughs> so, what are your favorite genres of movies? Ha! So, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite genres of movie. Um, are like I love family movies. Okay. So like Moana. Okay. Coco. That's, that's the jam. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Coco yet. I need to see it. Apparently, it's yeah. really great. Really <laughs> great. Um, definitely Moana's number one. Though, yeah. For me, it's really anyway. good. Um, so family movies are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so like cheaper by the dozen and, and stuff like that. I love. Uh, so when you said family movies, that's the first movie I thought about. <laughs> I was like, she probably because they had a big family. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I also, I'm, like I said, like, I'm definitely a hopeless romantic. Mm. And so romance movies, yeah. rom-coms yeah. are wonderful. I yeah. love comedies. Yeah. Because it's it's that escape. Like, sometimes, mm. like, like my work is so serious. Yeah. And, like, well, the work that I do is very serious in and out of, um, out of, like, formalized employment. Yeah. That, like, sometimes, like, I just can't, like, I can't watch a yeah. movie that's like mm. like I can't watch bamboozled after yeah. a long like a, after a hard long day that's yeah. or Selma that would be oh. that would be a setup oh my gosh um, but I can watch Princess Diaries <laughs> okay. or yeah. I can um, I can watch uh, Modern Family yes. or something yes. something, something really silly yeah. something, something yeah. like that yeah and there are people who are just kind of, you know, I follow them, of course, but I don't know what they're like. But it seems like they're always connected. And it's just like, how is this not crushing you right now? Like, you can literally take five minutes or a day or a week, you know, you know, you know, or a month, you know, to like really, especially like I'm talking like people who are really like in whatever fight they're fighting, you know, like they're in the struggle, whether that be like, you know, social injustice or whatever. Like, I think sometimes it's just important. Everything. I don't think that we're built to take stuff so seriously all the time and be well. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a very hard thing to balance. So like how do you, you know, find balance in your in your heavy career and, you know, like your self care? I know everybody's throwing that that phrase self-care around. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but yeah. So I make time for silly stuff. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm actually just, like, trying to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, going out salsa dancing or mm-hmm. going to an improv show. That's fun. Um, or just catching a movie, mm-hmm. even though so- I just saw Sorry to Bother You. But Sorry <laughs> to Bother You is not, no, not, a, dis- it's not, a, it's not a movie to disconnect right. from anything. No, don't if anything, it if you want to wind down. Just... It, it throws you back in yes. and it's like, oh, society. <laughs> Um, but like, just like seeing like silly, like silly movies, like by myself, um, or just spending time with family or Mm -hmm. friends and Mm -hmm. really just prioritizing, prioritizing the, the important like non-work things, because this is definitely a cause that I've, I've chosen. I'm just like, okay, so this is my flag. I'm planning it here. Um, and this is something that like. If if I if I die having made incremental mm-hmm. um, incremental or revolutionary change towards ending the school to prison pipeline or mm-hmm. abolishing prisons, yeah. like 
I would say, all right, I'm yeah. good. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm good. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs> I could be, ha- I could be happy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, that's my train of thought. Dang, hold on. All right, there's no worries. Oh yes. So like you were saying, you know, I think as we're talking about like self care, using air quotes, or just taking care of your whole self. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like there's no other way, like. To say it without, you know, touching on self-care. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're not well and you have, like, this intense work to do, like, you're not you're not benefiting. And if you and if you pass early because you're so overstressed and overworked, you know, all the work that you could have done, you know what I'm saying, is yeah. cut short. Absolutely. Yeah. So you definitely have to make, and that's something that I'm learning, um, is that I have to make time for for myself mm. and to recover um especially because of like health stuff yeah um and i can't yeah like there's been times where i've i've ended up in the in in like the emergency room oh no because of like stress related vertigo wow um and realizing like that's not helpful like stress does yeah. a lot to your body yeah oh yes it does it's it's so interesting i think you know that we're you know, we think as long as, like, we, you know, we exercise well and we do all this <laughs> stuff. And then, like, but our lives are so, like, stressful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we don't really, we don't really, we're that we're consuming that. Like, our body is literally, like, producing things because, you know, something is not being met or something is overworked. So, touching on health, you know, so how do you balance, like, your health and, you know, your work and your your rest? Like, how do you balance all of that? Right. And I would I would just say, like, as of late, mm-hmm. um, kind of because I've had to, I've mm-hmm. been forced to, mm-hmm. um, like, within the last couple of years, like, really advocating for myself. So for mm-hmm. context, um, context, I have um, an autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which, um, you know, is an autoimmunity of your thyroid, one type. And, like, being like needing to request reasonable accommodations because like just some days like I'm just not able to to process things um or I'm just like dealing with emotion like the emotions of you know having autoimmunity um or just being like just even physically like limited Mm -hmm. um in some of the things that I do like I had like a um tendonitis flare up um over like twice um, these these um, these um, past couple months mm-hmm. and like at that time like really not even being able to get up steps wow. um, yeah. and so deal, like dealing with that asking for what I need and mm-hmm. and really having the courage because like it's kind of scary because asking for what you need you, you know in my head I was just like okay am I going to get discriminated against mm-hmm. um, because I'm dealing with autoimmunity yeah um, but that never happened. Mm. And so it's, it's empowering in a sense, like asking for what I need and getting it and not getting, um, a lot of flack yeah. for it. Yeah. So, and even, but even in that, like, I still feel guilty sometimes about taking days off. So yeah. I haven't, I have not arrived. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I think, you know, if you're learning, it means you're getting better, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I can't speak from experience, but I'm sure, like, learning to balance, you know, um, wellness and, I guess, in general, too. Like, it's kind of like a day-by-day thing. Would you say that? Like, would you say, like, 
because you don't know what's going to happen or whatever, like, do you think that you have to kind of monitor it day by day to see what you need and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is definitely a day by day thing. And um, there's some days where your energy is like great and yeah. you're doing good. Yeah. Um, and you're like, yeah, let's go climb some mountains. <laughs> we can, oh, yeah. We can, you know, work this uh, 10 hour day or eight hour day. Ooh. Yeah. But then there's some days where like getting out of the bed is like, yo, like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not going to happen today. Yeah. So, yeah. So what have you been learning from those experiences, like from times that you're, you know, not feeling the best? Like, what are some things that you've been able to like to take away? Um, I've been able to take away just, you know, like acceptance of self, mm-hmm. acceptance of limitations, mm-hmm. um, and... It's just a lot of grace, mm. a whole lot of grace towards myself. Because, mm-hmm. um, and, and realizing that I can't compare myself yeah. um, to people who, like, who aren't living with the same things that I'm living with. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important. Yeah, I didn't even think about, I didn't even think about comparing yourself to other people, you know, who aren't, who aren't dealing with that. Um, and I think, I do think limitations are important, though. I think, you know, for everyone, like, everyone has a limit. And I think, you know, when we're in our limits, it helps us ask for help. It helps us to build community. It helps Mm -hmm. us to, you know, learn to have grace with ourselves. Because if we didn't have limits, we wouldn't really need anything from anybody, you know, or from anywhere. So, you know, just a... (laughs) I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little, you know. But, um, But, yes. So... Um, in the spaces that you're working in, like as a black woman, um, do you ever feel like you have to tone down your blackness in a way or mute it? Um, yes, I do. Because in, I guess like it's sort of like self-policing in Mm -hmm. a way, like I know that the way I'm perceived as a, as a black woman, like Mm -hmm. just. And particularly, like, a black woman in criminal justice spaces of, like, oh, this angry black chick. And, you know, she's always, you know, griping (laughs) about, you know, something or whatever. Yeah. And it's, like, then sometimes, like, though I I wrestle with it and push back on it um, and just, like, how I show up. Yeah. It's still that in the back. Like, ooh, you know maybe let's say this calmer got you yeah yeah. (laughs) so that you know so that they hear us yeah yeah um or or they they, that Uh, so that they hear what i'm saying yeah um and it's that sort of policing Mm -hmm. in in which like sometimes i do feel the need to Mm -hmm. um tone down who i am yeah um yeah do you feel like we're making strides in that though being able to be more of ourselves more authentic um do you think people are more receiving of it, you know? Uh, yeah, I I think I think so. When it comes to politics, mm-hmm. like being in like formal policy advocacy spaces, it is less okay. it's definitely left less accepted yeah. in which like you have like legislators like calling your hair say say and saying you look like Sideshow Bob because you have your fro out. I just can't. It's just it's ridiculous. I just can't. Yeah. 
Um, but then you have in other spaces where like cultural clothes mm. are are like are more accepted, mm-hmm. and wearing head wraps doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you know like you're unprofessional <laughs> or just even wearing your hair as it grows out of your head without right. straightening it or like manipulating it. Right. Um, it's, it's becoming more accepted and people have like less of a tolerance for not accepting those things. Mm. So, I mean, definitely, definitely making progress. Yeah. We have not arrived. Yes. <laughs> Still got a ways to go. A ways to go. So, so what would you, what would you say is one of the, I guess, more important um, issues within the black community within the black community. So I don't know if that makes sense. So what do you think within the black community, like without outsiders, what do you think one of the major issues is one of the major issues is within the black community? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's okay. Um, I think, I mean like to, to cheat a little bit and and put it in perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, like, there's a lot of issues, but, like, really d- treating the root cause, like, the main mm. root cause in all of this, which is white supremacy. Mm. Um, and it shows up in, in like, a lot of the issues. So, like, schooling. Yeah. Um, like, what schools are more invested in? Mm. What communities are more policed? Like, yeah. in Prince George's County... People are like begging for more police, um, more police patrolling. Wow. I sat, in, I sat in a meeting. What? And they're like, oh, we we need more police on uh, Eight Penny Lane or whatever. What? Uh, yeah. Versus places like um, where uh, like Marlow Heights is, where there are you you can always find a police officer. Always. Always. Always patrolling. Um, wow. And, it, and it's and it's stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would say like more so that's the biggest <laughs> root cause white supremacy yeah and yeah. all the issues kind of stem from that yeah 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 I I can agree with that um even when we were speaking earlier about like how people even black people look down on other black people because like oh I'm turning up my nose to you because I'm better well who you know whose standard are you using one to measure yourself as better than and then why is that why is that a standard you know there's mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I guess just for me like that's one of the things that I see is just this constant like separation like almost like classism you know what I'm saying even within like PG County you know right because the thing is that what people typically like to separate class and race mm. but you really can't talk about mm. our, like the issues that are happening without taking account into account um how race and class mm. and um and like gender oppression mm-hmm. all interact with yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as we're starting to wrap up, I have a few questions to ask you. Okay. <laughs> so what advice would you give yourself ten years ago? Wait. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. So what advice would you give to yourself um as a 16 year old 10 years ago yeah so 10 years ago I would say um like relax Mm. (laughs) relax a little (laughs) yeah um and really take time to 
appreciate what's going on outside of you um so like stop being i was i, I would have been i will when I was like 16 and even, you know, like doing internships and undergrad and, and stuff like that, I'm just so focused on tasks. Mm. Um, and I would always, always get the task. The task would be wonderful mm. and I would do it correctly. Um, but I wouldn't make the necessary connections that I needed. Mm. Um, whereas like my counterparts, my other counterparts, they, you know, they, they would do the bare minimum and then they would go <laughs> schmooze with um, other legislators or um, in a different department. Yeah. And and they, I feel like they, not necessarily they, they got a lot, of, lot farther on, but they made some really important connections yeah. that, like, I feel like I missed out on. Um, and then even just, even though this is 10 years ago, <laughs> um, you know, me speaking to my 10-year-old, 10, um, well, 16-year-old self, mm -hmm. just... Like, don't let perfectionism mm. just, like, take you away from being in the moment yeah. and exploring the things around you. Because I even did it when I was in um in undergrad. Um, I was in UMB, at UMBC, and, like, I only went to the harbor once. Mm. And, um, and I, I went to, like, Baltimore City for, like, a community meeting for, for a class. But it wasn't yeah. until like I, I graduated that I started exploring Baltimore City and I was like, dang, yeah. you know, yeah. had I, um, you know, taken time to snow the roses a little bit, <laughs> yeah. I I think I, I would have experienced a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm comfortable with where I am now, but just like looking back. Hindsight. Yeah. 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 So what point at what point did you fall in love with yourself like what did it take for you to be like you know what I'm all right <laughs> um hmm at what point did I fall in love with myself I mean I think it's been like the um a long process mm -hmm. and like when I was talking about in the beginning um like loving my blackness yeah yeah. And loving like how I I show up as a black person, yeah. even though maybe it's not the the um like how like the box that people want to put me in. Yeah. And I think in the past three years, like really going to um like going through counseling and you know like doing affirmations, even though I know people feel it <laughs> feels differently about <laughs> affirmations, but doing affirmations and just being in like an environment with people around me that affirm me yeah. um, has really like brought me to being able to love myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think like we talked about before, you know, the PWI experience versus like the, the potential HBCU experience mm -hmm. we could have had um, and how, you know, how you were saying it took you going to a PWI, like, to really, like, appreciate your blackness, you know? And Absolutely. same for me, honestly, you know, it wasn't until I kind of detached myself from the black that I knew in PG County and opened my eyes to what, you know, real, the real world, using air quotes, is, <laughs> is really like, you know, and seeing how, you know, ignorant some people are and how mean and cruel and mm -hmm. hateful people can be towards, you know, black people. Um, even seeing, like, even though, like, 
so Towson isn't that far from UMBC. So Towson being in Baltimore and seeing like how we said before, like the people not really taking into consideration like the people they're around. So it's almost like one of my roommates, like she never had, she never met anyone black before. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> crazy. So like that's absurd to me. That's what I'm saying. And you're in Baltimore. Like, how do you not know any anyone black? And in those, I think in those spaces, like, like we spoke before, like you have to cling to people, you know, you, it's almost just kind of, okay, you're black. We're friends. Survival. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be my friend, please. Um, and you know, it, in, in that place, I was like, okay, I might using air quotes, talk white or whatever, or I might, you know, be X, Y, and Z, but I'm good. Like, even mm-hmm. though it was a little microcosm of like blackness at, you know, my PWI, like it really took me some time to really see like really all the facets of blackness, not even PG blackness, but now you got like Baltimore blackness, Philly blackness, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like all the different, and I was like, wow, like we're really great, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> amidst the, a bit amidst not being appreciated. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, so I do, I mean, I don't exactly see myself, um, like, I don't know what career I'm going to have in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that whatever I'm doing, even if like I become an investment banker mm-hmm. at, um, <laughs> in 10 years, um, like I'll be doing some sort of justice work outside of that. Yeah. Like I'll, I don't think I'll ever get around that, but I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that in 10 years, like I want to create a life for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want that life to be a one of joy mm-hmm. and a peace, peace with myself, peace with my creator, um, peace with the people that I'm in relation to, um, in relationship, in relation with. And then also just an environment that I'm loved mm-hmm. wholly, yeah. um, by people, by, um, by those that I care about. And that's like platonic or, mm-hmm. um, romantic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just want to be, like, loved. I want to be happy. Yeah. And I want to be, like, a whole person having processed um, my emotions and being, like, able to, like, to even better communicate with um, with other people and, you know, con- like, handle conflict. Yeah. And so even though, like, growing up, like, I knew, like, I needed, like, a five-year plan <laughs> yeah. um, for, for everything – yeah. I don't have a five-year plan for career-wise. Okay. I don't. And I no longer feel pressured to yeah. have one. Um, I think that as I just cultivate this life of happiness and do the things that make me happy, things will start materializing on their own. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I like how you said, no matter what you're doing, like, at least, as I feel like as long as you know, like, what your heart work is and where your heart is, mm-hmm. like... You can't go wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's, like you said, you're working at a bank or something, you will always find a way. And I feel like that's plan enough. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that's a pretty, pretty good plan. Um, Okay. And so for other people who might be listening, like, what advice would you give them about navigating spaces, you know, where they're either the minority or they might not feel... um, Like, they, they can be all of themselves. They might not work in a place or live in a place or you know, uh, 
frequent places that kind of accept them for them, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, you being a person of color or whatever, or being, just being marginalized. Like, what would you say to people trying to navigate those spaces? So I would say just be your most authentic self. Yeah. Um, and if those places don't accept you, then that's not the place for you. Mm. Um, because any place that really, any environment that really wants to see you like grow and develop yeah. is going to accept your whole self. And so, yeah, screw <laughs> Fair. <laughs> wow, that's funny. So, so also for those who might be, you know, um, you know, battling, you know, illness or, you know, trying to like pursue wellness, like whole like wellness, like what advice would you give them for like balancing either their career, their life and, you know, wellness? Um, ask really like ask her what you need. Read your read the the handbook where mm-hmm. it talks about like accommodations and um and things of that nature. And I mean, take a risk. Like I've never I I haven't gotten any pushback. Like I just started, mm-hmm. you know, asking for reasonable accommodations in the last um couple months, and I haven't gotten any pushback. In mm-hmm. fact, like people are are very very accommodating. Um, and that, I mean, that was a fear. Yeah. And that, like, the reality or that the consequence of the fear that I was anticipating never materialized. Mm. Um, so just do it. And if, you know, like, again, like, if that organization that you're with or wherever, like, wherever you are Mm -hmm. is, you know, like giving you pushback because you're trying to take reasonable accommodations mm-hmm. or they fire you because, you know, as, as an extreme, mm-hmm. um, if they fire you because you're asking for reasonable accommodations, take it to the ACLU <laughs> and have them sue. Let them, <laughs> no. Have them sue. Okay. I was like, that sounds kind of illegal. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, what some employers do are illegal, mm. but most places like you're not, gonna um, catch any smoke at all yeah. um, by asking and advocating for what you need. Yeah, I think so. I think like the the overall theme it seems is to use your voice, right? Mm-hmm. And to not, I guess, not be afraid to voice your voice, <laughs> or you know, ask for what you need. Like you know, uh, but I think it can be. Of course, it's it can be scary to ask for what to ask for because you risk being denied or rejected or mm-hmm. whatever, or looked at differently, or as you're weak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, do you have anything that you want to share with anyone, like? just about just things in general and then after that you can plug you know anything you want if they can follow you or if there's something they can get involved with or yeah yeah um I would say that I would encourage you to get involved um like find your your local community organizer and get involved um with the stuff that they're doing they're typically underpaid and can always (laughs) use um you know can always use another volunteer and if you don't know who your local community organizers are like in particular like baltimore city has tons of community organizers dc as well but when you're like in those um counties in between it's a little it's a little few and far um like few and far um between to to find out who's doing what kind of work Mm -hmm. and so with that like find out who your legislator is and get on their listserv 
um, and they will most certainly send you a <laughs> newsletter with, hey, you know, because I mean, they're like, obviously, like they're trying to stay in the seat. So yeah. they're going to be doing things in the community. Sure. Um, <laughs> and so they, maybe they'll have like coffee with your legislator or mm. um, or things of that nature. Go go to one of the events, plug in, ask people questions um, and, and see like what community organizing um, groups are in like like um, a part of a part of those circles mm-hmm. go to a town hall meeting or um, a county council meeting if you live in um, a city in Prince George's County go to a um, city a city hall meeting um, and just like try to connect with people there mm-hmm. just don't for the love of God <laughs> please please don't hang back and let things happen yeah um because the only way that our legislators are going to do their job Mm. unless they're just like some altruistic um person is if there's accountability and if nobody's watching them they're going to do whatever Mm. they want to do yeah because that's just how some some of our legislators both on the local level state level and um and i mean we got chitalini <laughs> no I accountability with this man <laughs> no accountability um Just do but pe- you like but if people are but be, if people are watching yeah. um things happen like yeah. things can happen yeah. and so if you are in Prince George's County and you're looking to get involved i can always use another volunteer <laughs> yeah. um follow me on facebook it's just my name Shanice Bamiro um, I am on Twitter, but my Twitter is not popping. <laughs> um, I think the last time I'm more of a lurker. Last time I tweeted was maybe like 30, like, no, I'm not gonna say 30 Wait, days ago, but like 15 days ago, <laughs> almost a month ago. Girl, yeah. I'd be thinking you'd be active, but it, you do repost a lot of, yes, a lot I of do. things. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm, I'm not, funny. not active on, on the Twitter. Um, but yeah, my Instagram's kind of dry too. So go. <laughs> well, it's, it's not really justice focused. Not really. It's not dry, but it's yeah. not. It's not justice. Yeah, focused. yeah. Hit me on Facebook <laughs> and spell that for them. For yes, for um for for y'all. That's um Sean the niece S E A N N I E C E because I am Sean's niece, and <laughs> my last name is Bamiro B A M I R O. Um, there's not many. Shawnees's, there's like another one in Delaware. Mm. I've also seen it spelled differently too. That's about yeah. yeah. So nobody like that's the only person that I've seen spelled my way. Yeah. Are y'all friends? Um, Did you like hey. so, so funny funny story. <laughs> um like when there's like social media, like I would like look at okay. myself like so back in the MySpace days, I looked her up on on, on MySpace. <laughs> okay. And it was like, dude, like your name is spelled exactly the same wow. as me. Ghosted. Oh no. <laughs> like well i know you exist yeah. <laughs> somewhere out there so when i google myself because you know that's <laughs> what i do i guess um she also comes up but i come up first okay so. oh you're the original <laughs> i am the original oh excuse us <laughs> no but that's cool but yes thank you so much for being here thank, thank you, for you for doing this interview me. of course thank you thank you and yes y'all go get involved go Go follow Shanice's um on Facebook. On Facebook, yes. <laughs> Just Facebook. <laughs> and um DMs only for um volunteer requests. Be clear. Okay. Yes. Please don't slide in no. DMs no. for a romantic relationship. No, because no. No, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> Just just don't. No thank yes. <laughs> thank you so much. And let's all continue to fight and to 
do in spite of fear, create in spite of fear, and live our best lives in spite of fear. Yay! Yay! <laughs>